Welcome to Life Talks with Lauren. This podcast is all about having conversations around what's real for us and swapping shame and judgment for courage and connection. We'll cover topics like self-love, relationships, body image, mental health, and so much more. Think of it like getting together with one of your good friends and chatting about life. So grab your glass of wine, mug of tea, or your favorite drink, and let's get started. Hello, hello, happy new year, and welcome to another episode of the Life Talks with Lauren podcast. I figured it is a good place to start to talk about habit building because that's what we're all working on at the beginning of the year. And especially as I'm introducing a fresh start to the podcast, it's the beginning of the year and I've taken time off and I've talked about this a few times of just trying to figure out the structure of this podcast and thinking like, oh, life talks with Lauren, it's so casual and so wanting to make it casual in how I plan episodes. But I realized that that wasn't really working for me and I found myself so many weeks thinking, you know, like what should I talk about? And I've learned that, and that this is the way that I used to structure the podcast. It's how I was able to get to, I'm at what, 139 episodes in the first place, was through having some structure and just having an idea of what I wanna talk about. I'm not really completely scripted, but I do like to have a topic in mind and an outline. So that is what I've planned. I've planned out all of the episodes for the month of January, and I'm just working my way through those. So speaking of habit building, I have gotten this podcast out to where it is through habit building. And that journey started a few years ago when I first learned of the book, Atomic Habits. Actually, scratch that, I started wanting to change my habits and my routine in my life. I mean, aren't we all thinking about that like pretty often? But when I, gosh, this was like back in 2015, when I had decided I was going to go to health coaching school. It's so funny because health coaching school taught me a lot of certain habits. Oh, there's Orca. She decided to join the podcast today, my co-host Orca. Um, But anyway, when I first wanted to kind of overhaul my life starting in 2015, my inspiration was from health coaching school where I was learning all these new things. But at that time I was kind of all over the place as we are when we first decide we wanna make a big life change. It was like, where do I start? What do I do? And there were so many things that I wanted to do all at once. And what I would find myself doing is like starting and then stopping and feeling like I was taking two steps forward and like five steps back. Mind you, this came after a time when I'd spent most of my like adult life, even maybe before that, the only habits I really focused on were to, to try and lose weight. So I only thought about food and exercise. And even then, the way that I, sh- the habits that I tried to create around those were so unsustainable that I, like, it's all I could even really focus on. I never got to a point where I felt like I mastered one area and was able to move on. And so that's a big difference between who I was then and who I am now. And I attribute a lot of that to reading Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is what we're going to talk about in this episode. 
Before I get into that, I just want to say again, I hope you enjoyed your holidays. I hope you are feeling fresh and ready to get started on the year. I'm a little apprehensive to even say anymore like, oh, this is going to be the best year ever because as we've learned from 2020, we are not as in control as we think we are. So my focus really like used to be these big milestones and goals and ambitions. And I think that's a great thing, especially if that's how your mind works, if that's what motivates you. For me, it feels really overwhelming to try to even think six months from now because again, we're not guaranteed time. We're not guaranteed the ability, like the world is always changing. So for me, it's more become a focus of how can I feel good from day to day, just in everyday life so that I'm living life now and I'm not making sacrifices for the future I may or may not have. So when I first heard of the book Atomic Habits, I think I heard an interview on a podcast somewhere. I don't even remember how I found him, but this was during a time where I was soaking in every personal development book or podcast or anything that I could find. And I can vividly picture the first time that I listened to his book on audiobook. And it's one of those transformational books for me. And I don't do this often to where I want the book in every single format where I, I should have it in paperback, but I don't quite yet. But if I really like a book and I find that a book has changed my life, I will get it in audiobook, Kindle format, and then physical copy. Because I feel like I just get something out, something different out of each one. So when I had first listened to the intro of his book, I was in my kitchen back in Las Vegas and just like casually doing dishes or whatever, but I heard his story. He started telling his story. He begins the book, the book with this terrible accident that happened to him. I want to say it was in high school or just right out of high school. And if you go get the book, which I highly recommend, then you'll hear his story. Obviously much more profound coming from him. But it's it was a terrible, tragic accident that just completely changed the way that his mind worked. And he started to struggle with habit building and memory and things like that. And so he describes how that held him back and really made him struggle for years until he learned, started to learn and research more about habit building. And so the, the I almost said hacks, but it's not necessarily hacks. It's just science and information that he shares in his book are the things that got him back to a point where he was able to be successful again, not just in like an outward way, but to where he felt like himself again. So in this episode, I'm going to kind of just riff off of one of his blog posts. He has a bunch of great blog posts too, if you don't want to say invest in the book just yet, or you don't want to start there. He breaks it down in a lot of different blog posts. And there are parts of the book that are very technical as far as like the scientific information of how a habit is formed and things like that. Those parts, I think, would probably be a little bit mundane for me to teach on an episode. So I'm going to leave that again to you to dig through that stuff. But in this episode, I want to focus on the five common mistakes that he shares that cause new habits to fail. 
And I'm riffing off of it based on what I know about habits, what I learned from his book and his research, and then how I've put it into practice in my own life and things that I've come across, things that I've learned, maybe mistakes that I have also made along the way and how I've overcome that. And the biggest thing that I've learned is, again, after leaving the wellness online, like personal development space, that is very, there are so many amazing tools and so much great information out there, but it can seem like you need to implement everything and especially all at once that like, at least for me as like someone who has a tendency to be a perfectionist and kind of go all the way, I felt like I had all these tools available to me and that I should be doing all of them. And so I was trying to, for a long time, overhaul my life all at once, as I had said, and like I just found myself going back and forth. And what I realized, and this is probably the biggest lesson in this episode, is that if I was going to build new habits, I needed them to be habits that, first of all, I enjoyed doing, that I wanted to do, and wanted to sustain for life. So there are certain habits like exercise and things that maybe suck at first, and especially as you're building the habit, but they contribute to your overall bottom line of feeling good, having energy, your health, everything. Exercise is one of those few habits that I will say that everybody needs to have. Our bodies were literally designed to move. So the good thing about that, though, is that there are so many different forms and ways to move your body. So the tricky part for some is to find what, how you like to move your body. And sometimes that comes with just exposure to just trying all different types of exercise. So you're at a point in the new year and many people are making New Year's resolutions, maybe yourself included. There's nothing wrong with making New Year's resolutions whatsoever. The thing with the mindset behind a New Year's resolution is this like burst of motivation, right? This burst of motivation that comes from, it's a new year, I'm gonna be a new person. Or for like an example for me, when I moved from Vegas to Japan, I thought that when I got to Japan, I would be a new person suddenly and that everything that I've been wanting to change is going to change all at once, just automatically from me being in a new place. And that is a smart way to look at it in some sense because we like our minds get we get in the right mindset to change our habits when we're in a new place that's why they say like if you're on vacation or something it's a good time to start something new but to expect yourself to be a completely different person based on one circumstance change like a move or a time of year is just unrealistic so it goes back to that saying of wherever you go there you are and so you're still yourself at the beginning of this year. And so you really want to start thinking of what's the kind of feeling that I'm trying to move toward in my life? What do I want to feel on a daily basis? How do I envision myself feeling and thinking? What do I, what do I want to think when I wake up in the mornings? And what do I want my afternoons to look like? And kind of reverse engineer your life from that space. Another thing about New Year's resolutions is my lovely husband, Jason, taught me 
that of course he loves birthdays he loves christmas we don't celebrate valentine's day he's um, very antagonistic about that and i don't mind because i never really cared but we don't give each other many presents for those occasions for christmas we usually just give each other one big gift that we've asked for so it's practical we know each other is going to like it and be able to use it we're very practical in our gift giving because we both aren't fans especially me of clutter and and yeah we just don't want to waste time or money getting something for someone like anyway i'm going off on a tangent with that but point being we each have an amazon wish list that we give to each other and we add to it throughout the year and every month as we feel or however often we want to we can just buy each other something from that list and so we think of that as a year-round thing we think of gift giving as a year-round thing versus just a holiday occasion and i approach my habits in the same way it goes back to that diet mentality too of i'll start my diet on monday i'll restart on monday when in reality it's always a good time to start and even if that means that you're unsuccessful, that's a good thing because you're flexing that muscle of knowing what it's like to have some success and then kind of quote unquote fail or mess up and then being back in that starting place and saying, okay, I'm gonna have self-compassion. I'm just gonna recognize it's part of the process of falling down. I'm just gonna get right back up. And every time you get more used to losing momentum and gaining it back, then like I said, you build that muscle. And so for me, I've realized I often don't have the motivation to do things. I actually feel the opposite. I feel resistance to do things, especially things that are important to me. There's actually a book that talks about this and it's the, the War of Art, I want to say. Yeah. Artivore. I always get it mixed up. I want to say it's the, the war of art, but it talks about that resistance that we feel. And it's so weird that we feel resistance for doing the things that we know are going to get us where we want to go. But we have this unconscious fear that holds us back from doing those things. And whatever that unconscious fear, wherever it stems from, is something that we can uncover but sometimes it doesn't really matter sometimes you don't even have to understand where that fear is coming from or what's going on internally to just almost parent yourself and i parent myself all the time where i say to myself like especially if i'm lacking motivation like lauren i know that you're not in the mood to go to the gym today but this is a non-negotiable so unless i'm sick or injured or something is going on like that I am always going to show up and that came from me just getting used to saying to myself like I don't care what your feelings are I mean I do care but you're going to do this anyway because it's important and it matters and you committed to this so I wanted to share some of the backstory on how I have like what my relationship has been to habit building so that you understand that I don't know if you feel this way, but for me personally, when, like, I used to think that some people just had it, like, there was just something that people had, like, je ne sais quoi, I don't know if that's the right saying, but, like, some people just had this quality where they were type A personality and, like, just magically organized and just so structured, and I realized that that's not true, because I never saw myself that way. I was, like, so lazy 
and disorganized. If you would have met the me from like 2010 to even 2015, you'd be like, who are you? And that came from me having this vision of who I wanted to be, but never knowing how to execute. And I realized at least the case for me is to become who I want to be is really just a matter of habits. Like our brains work differently. Obviously, we're all different people. So it depends on what motivates your personality type specifically or individually. I also think it comes down to how we were raised, like what our parents were like in terms of were they organized, were they structured, And I didn't have a lot of structure in my home and I wasn't really taught a lot of these just basic things. And that was no fault of my parents, of course. That was a result of their being raised. So that's what I mean when I say sometimes I need to reparent myself because things that I never learned growing up that were never ingrained, I'm now learning as an adult. And habits is one of those things. So I'm going to get into the five common mistakes that cause new habits to fail that James talks about. And the reason that I want to talk about the mistakes is that our brains tend to, we're wired to focus on the negative. So if you hear something like negative and you think, oh, I do that too, then you're going to pay attention and think like, or want to learn, how do I change this or what do I do about it? And so I'm going to infuse that. I'm, I'm just actually took the, I didn't really dig deep into James's article because I wanted to talk from my experience. I wanted to make it original because if you want to go read the blog post, then obviously you're welcome to. I don't want to just copy word for word everything he says because I think I have something to contribute based on personal experience. So All I did was just look at what the mistakes that he said, and I'm just adding my own commentary to what they are. So the first thing, the first mistake that we make is trying to change everything at once. And I've already talked about this a few times so far. And what I mean by, or what I guess James means, is trying to overhaul everything. Thinking that like, oh, everything is in disarray. There are so many changes I wanna make. Let me just try and do everything at once. And again, as someone who is interested in planners and lists and crazy amounts of structure, it doesn't always play out well for me because I either get overwhelmed or tired or something comes up. I haven't built the structure. I'm trying to get to the top of the pyramid before even building the base, in other words. So when it comes to deciding where you're going to start, that can sometimes be more challenging, even just getting started, getting that momentum. And especially if you are at the bottom of the hill and you're looking up and thinking, gosh, I have so far to go. If you think of this more as a journey than a destination, um, that is helpful. It also might be helpful to start to visualize and envision yourself where you might be five years from now. You don't have to specifically know exactly, but go back to, again, the feeling. What feelings do I want to create in my life that I can have five years from now or even before that? And I guess I'm going to kind of contradict myself because that's why I focus on the feelings I want to create now. Because if I focus on feeling good and doing the things that feel good, and I don't just mean pleasurable, I mean like rewarding, even if it's challenging to get to that reward. 
if I focus on those things, then it's going to be a lot easier. Like time is going to go by anyway. And so what do you want to be working toward during that time? If you're miserable the whole time, then it's not going to be worth it. There's so many like things that we're told we have to sacrifice all of this to get to where we want to be. And, um, and you don't really have to. So I'm going off on a few tangents. Obviously, like I felt like, oh, I'm going to have to do a bunch of research for this episode and it's going to take me a while. And honestly, I live this stuff. So I'm realizing like, okay, actually no more than I think about it. So I'm going to take my own advice or give you my own advice that I that I use for everything. And if you're listening to this episode and you're feeling overwhelmed in any sort of way, just think about one thing that you can focus on or take away. I'm giving you a buffet and a platter of all these options and you get to choose what you want to take off of that platter. Doesn't have to be everything. And that's what ties into trying to change everything at once. Just pick one thing. What I have found is, and again, James teaches this in his book and in his post, but focus on one area that can impact other areas. I would say those are the places to start. For most people, this is going to be with your house, like your environment, how it looks, cleanliness and things like that, and then exercise and nutrition. Those are the big ones. Those are, especially for me, the non-negotiables. And if I find myself in a state of chaos and I feel overwhelmed or moody or anything, most of the time I can look around and realize it's because of the state of my house. And so I've learned to be, I've learned to counteract that by getting my house decluttered, keeping it decluttered so consistently like first of all not taking on new clutter and then decluttering regularly and cleaning um, regularly and doing sweeps of the house throughout the day that probably sounds like a lot right i just simply started by focusing on one area of that and that one area for me was reading the book the life-changing magic of tidying up by marie kondo and slowly working my way through that. That book in and of itself is a journey. So that can be like a micro journey on your habit building. If you wanna say, set a goal to build the habit of having a clean house, you can start there with that journey of like reading that book and slowly making your way through your house. And this is why you have to think of all of this in terms of like long-term because it's not sexy. It's not sexy to think that like, oh, maybe in a few months my house will be cleaned and decluttered how I want it to be. Or you could hire someone to do it faster. Even Marie in her book says that she recommends kind of doing it all in a short period of time. That way it's like it's an overhaul of your mindset. So that's one thing. That's one big thing for me. And um exercise is another one because moving my body is just so important for my mental health for my health in general just for everything if there are any habits that i feel every single person can benefit from exercise and movement is one of those things that we all need no matter what so that's also a reason why i recommend starting with that as a foundational habit 
The other one is nutrition. And so many people get stuck on this because we think that we have to get our nutrition down pat and it has to look a certain way. But for many of us, we're battling an unhealthy relationship with food and our bodies and this ideal of, you know, maybe how we're supposed to eat perfectly. And we go back and forth with that for years because we're trying to eat in a way that isn't realistic and isn't satisfying and sustainable for us. So what I mean when I say nutrition is really just eating enough throughout the day, eating regular regular meals so that your blood sugar is stable, keeps your energy levels stable, find nutrient-dense foods that make you feel good, not necessarily weighed down. Again, this is going to look different for every single person. So what feels good in your body is not going to feel good in everyone's and vice versa. And that is completely fine. It's just a matter of finding like, what does your routine look like based on your individual lifestyle? Like, do you work so you have to meal prep meals at the beginning of the week so you can have lunches? Do you need to make sure you have stuff available to make breakfast every morning before you leave for work? Um, Is it better for you to make crock pot meals for your family so that you're not sitting in the kitchen after working, you know, hours and hours so that things are just ready for you. And so once again, those three habits are going to be the ones that take the longest to build as well. For me, I grew up, that is one habit I grew up having. I always exercised with my mom. She's done it for her whole life too. I went to like her jazzercise classes and stuff with her. Or I don't know if I did jazzercise. The st- what is that? Aerobics classes. Yeah. I did like aerobics classes with her and spin and all that stuff. But obviously like throughout my life, it's been harder on my own to like sustain the habit of actually getting myself to work out regularly. So I guess it was a bit of a challenge, but once I got those three things down, it helped so many in so many areas of my life so that I had the energy and mental clarity and positive mental health, I guess, for for the most part to be able to then start incorporating other things. So it's almost like you're putting three big boulders into not a jar you can't put boulders into a jar maybe I'm thinking of the marble thing you put your big marbles into the jar and then you pour like your pebbles over it from there now we're going to break this down when we discuss the second mistake which is starting with a habit that is too big so those three habits are pretty large right it's a lot at once So start with just one of them, but even then you wanna break it down further. So if we're thinking in terms of say exercise, if you've never exercised or you don't right now at all, it's probably unrealistic to tell yourself, I'm gonna go to the gym five days a week for an hour a day, right? You wanna start smaller. So you might think, well, the doctors recommend three times a week for what, 30 minutes a day. Maybe that's even too large. If that's too large, then you want to think, say, I'm going to go to the gym on Mondays at 9 a.m. and I'm going to get on the treadmill and I'm going to walk for 30 minutes. But you want to make it appealing, especially if it's something that you struggle with. So during this 30 minutes, you're going to also give yourself the incentive of watching your favorite show while you walk for that 30 minutes. That way you have that cue, or I think what James would consider that is a reward. For showing up to the gym, your reward is being able to watch your favorite show. 
And that's especially important if you don't have a lot of time in your schedule. And that's like combining two things that you, it's like killing two birds with one stone, you know? If even that is too much, then James talks about this in his book as well. And it sounds really ridiculous, but it works. But if you're intimidated by the gym or just getting yourself to the gym parking lot is hard, start by getting in the habit of I'm going to drive myself to the gym and I'm going to sit in the parking lot and maybe, I don't know, listen to a song or whatever. And, and now you can kind of see like how you can just break it down more and more. The biggest thing is just knowing when exactly you're going to go and how long you're going to go for or whatever. Um, just knowing, having that specific ambition of I'm going on Monday, you clear your schedule, set up arrangements if you have kids or whatever. And if you're going to do it, say the morning before work, you set out your gym clothes, you have them ready to go. You want to basically break down any barriers that might be in the way of you getting to the gym. So if there are any potential barriers you can think of, like, oh, it's too much work to put on, like to pick out an outfit, have it already picked out. Um, oh, well, I'm hungry. I don't have anything to eat. Have a smoothie ready to go. It takes some creativity and sometimes failing and having to think like, oh, why didn't I go to the gym today like I said I was going to? Well, I just didn't feel like I had anything that I wanted to wear. Okay, well, let's either go shopping for an outfit that feels good or go through the closet and find something ahead of time, not while we're supposed to be leaving for the gym. So the third mistake, which is really big in tying into like talking about the gym or even if you have like weight loss goals or anything like that, one mistake that we make is seeking a result and not a ritual. So a result, I'm going to the gym because I want to lose 30 pounds by the end of this month. If that's your reason for going to the gym and you don't say get that result by the end of the month, you're going to think that it was all for nothing and that you are a failure. But if instead you reframe that and think of the gym as a lifelong habit that's going to help you with things in your life right now. I went to the gym today because it made me feel like I was overwhelmed and it helped me feel less stressed. And so it becomes a ritual. And that's definitely how the gym is for me. The gym is my happy place. And it's it's almost like my therapy because it feels like such a ritual. It doesn't matter what I look like that day, how I'm feeling in my body, because that's not the thing that I'm focused on when I go to the gym. The, I've combined or I've um, created a ritual by, first of all, finding workout clothes that I love and that just feel like easy to put together. So I kind of just wear the same thing over and over again with like different flannels. Um, and like my, in other words, my gym uniform is black leggings, a black crop top with a flannel around my waist, and then like some kind of ankle high socks and tennis shoes. And that's after realizing that like I was trying to wear colorful things and like different things. And I would get there sometimes and just be like stressed with what I was wearing and that was all I could focus on. Another part that I added to the ritual is I bought headphones that I really love and make my music sound really good. 
and I have a playlist called the ultimate gym or the ultimate lifting playlist that I created so that I can get into a certain mindset when I'm at the gym working out. And so now I've gotten to a point where it's just so automatic for me. Like I know that in order to start my day and to feel good, it's important for me and necessary to go to the gym. So I'm not even thinking about all the the nuisances, the nuisance, <laughs> the the like I don't know barriers or whatever of getting to the gym of like. Um, Oh, I have to think about, you know, I get up and make my bed and blah, blah, and then I have to drive there. I don't even think about it. It's just so automatic that I do it. And then once I get to the gym, it's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I put on my headphones. I look in the mirror. I'm looking bad. And then I just like zone out and just go for it. And I love it. And I keep showing up because I've created a ritual. It's not about any result that I'm trying to get. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, girl, your muscles are growing. Um, but I don't, I don't like, I'm not expecting that. It's just, it's just almost, um, it's a side effect or I forget the word I'm trying to think of, but it's part, it's just kind of something that happens. And sometimes when I do start to notice changes in my body, I even try not to focus too much on that because I don't want it to come to become about the result. I don't want to feel like, oh, I'm going back and forth. Like my weight is yo-yoing, so my progress or my habits in the gym are going to yo-yo. They stay consistent no matter what, no matter how I'm feeling in my body. And that's because I've made it a thing for me to do that just just makes me feel good. All right, the next mistake is not changing your environment. And I'm not going to say much about this one because I feel like it's one of the more technical ones that he goes through in his book. So what I'm actually going to do is just read from the post. I am going to read this one verbatim. So just know that everything is quoted. I'm just going to read. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to kind of give you an idea of what it means. So Not changing your environment is the problem. The solution is to build an environment that promotes good habits. So he says, I've never seen a person consistently stick to positive habits in a negative environment. You can frame this statement in many different ways. It is nearly impossible to eat healthy all of the time if you are constantly surrounded by unhealthy food. It is nearly impossible to remain positive all of the time if you are constantly surrounded by negative people. It's nearly impossible to focus on a single task if you're constantly bombarded with text messages, notifications, emails, questions, and other digital distractions. It's nearly impossible to not drink if you're constantly surrounded by alcohol and so on. So the way that I incorporate these into my life when it comes to the food that I'm surrounded by or what's in my house, for me, there aren't things that I restrict from my house and that's because I I have a background of disordered eating behaviors and years ago when I healed my worked on healing my relationship with food one of those things was unconditional permission to eat so in my house there are not things that are restricted anything is allowed in however I still front load my house with the foods nutrient-dense foods and usually like whole foods and ingredients that make me feel good. If there's anything I'm at the grocery store and I have a specific craving, like say for ice cream, that's completely fine. Um, But 
I keep enough variety in my house. That's how I approach that part of the habit that he's speaking of. That way I, cause I also eat intuitively. So if I'm like, hmm, I'm in the mood for, I don't know, I'm in the mood for some spaghetti. Like that's, that's not a good example at all. But anyway, yeah, I keep a variety of food. And again, that one's gonna be very individual depending on your circumstances. Um, being surrounded by negative people, that is actually a big one. Taking a look at your relationships and the ones that drag you down versus lift you up and not feeling like you have to just completely cut everybody out of your life that's not like perfectly positive all the time, but just starting to distance yourself from people that you feel are bringing you down and focusing more on the people that uplift you. Um... Focusing on a single task, that's the other thing. So for me, I guess environment, when I'm working on school or I'm working on something like this or projects, I put my phone in the other room entirely and I keep it on silent or do not disturb. And I do that anytime with my phone that I'm like doing things that I want to focus on um, and I don't want to be bombarded with other notifications and things like that. I just put my phone somewhere on silent. Um, the drinking thing, yeah, I don't really keep a lot of alcohol in my house unless like I'm having a week where I'm like, hmm, wine sounds good or whatever. Jason does, but like we're married and he can do his own thing. Like, and he never did before we moved here. It's interesting, but he drinks like, I don't know. They have, they have good, like these things called strongs and chew highs here. And so he likes to drink those just casually And yeah, I'm not much of a drinker these days. And if I feel like I'm in the mood for some champagne or wine or whatever, I'll get that. Um, Again, that one, I don't really want to expand on because it's so individual and people have different relationships to food and alcohol. And that's like a conversation for another time. But just think about your circumstances and what fits with your circumstances. All right, and the last and perhaps biggest mistake is in assuming small changes don't add up. So this goes back to that idea of expecting everything to just change at once and feeling like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm not seeing any changes. If you feel that way, I recommend going back and focusing on the feeling, the process, the ritual versus the outcome. And just know that important and big things take time to build and as I said before time is going to pass anyway so if you keep flip-flopping because you're not seeing the results that you want right away it's just going to take longer but if you tell yourself that I'm not seeing exactly what I was hoping but that's okay because this still feels good this still feels right for me I'm going to continue on you might be surprised when you look back and say six months or a year or six years or whatever. I know that's the case for me. Like I just, I wouldn't recognize myself years and years ago because I was a completely different person. And that was a result of me changing my habits to become the person that I am today. And I'm still far from, I guess, where I want to be in life. Um, more in terms of knowing that like I still have areas to grow. I think it would be really probably terrible if I was 32 and I thought like, this is it, I've done it all. I'm exactly where I need to be for the rest of my life. But what I do know is that now that I have 
the skill and the ability to build long-term habits to make the changes that I want to see in my life, I have a lot more security in knowing that and a lot more trust in myself that I can do what's necessary to really just do anything that I want to do in life that appeals to me. So I hope this has been an insightful episode for you that it is maybe even challenging you to think outside of the box that you already do. Maybe you've thought up to this point of habits and transformation in terms of black and white without realizing that nobody does it perfectly the first time. And most of us actually stumble and fall multiple times and continue to go. We just get better at getting back up. So if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, it's the best place at Lauren M. Kendrick. You can share this episode with people who you feel might need it. You can tag me in it. Um, You can message me and tell me what the biggest takeaway was. I think I've loaded this episode with a lot of information. So like I said, if you're feeling overwhelmed, just pick one or two points that really stuck out to you and just start there. That is the key to making long-term changes that you may not see for a while, but it's completely worth it to keep going. So thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. I will chat with you again next week. When we discuss personality types, I'm excited to talk about that. And um, yeah, hopefully I hear from you over on Instagram. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or leave a five-star review wherever you listen. Have an idea you want to pitch or just feel like chatting with me about the episode? Come find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kendrick. Can't wait to hear from you.